0: Hi everybody this is Geraldo Rivera reporting Roadkill the view from the middle of the road my podcast today I want to talk about a topic that's very sensitive you know I've made my chops my reputation asking tough questions of public officials and businessmen and uh, you know really being an aggressive reporter and yet I am highly critical of what's happening with the White House press corps and their relationship with Donald Trump. I think there is such enormous, malignant disrespect directed at this president that it is affecting the performance of the country in the face of this emergency. I understand that people want to ask tough questions. I also understand that when you're at a White House press briefing and the eyes of the world are on you, it is your moment in the Sun and I fear too many reporters are using that stage to make their chops to get their names out there unnecessary I wish the president would stop these press briefings or rather restructure them he comes out he should make his point and then let the experts answer the questions but this uh, this repartee this exchange I think is really really disrespectful and unproductive. That's what the show's about. Here we go. Roadkill with Geraldo Rivera This is what happened yesterday at the briefing.
1: Said many times that the U.S. is doing far better than any other country when it comes to testing.: Yes. Why does that matter? Why is this a global competition to you if every day Americans are still losing their lives and we're still seeing more cases every day?
2: Well, they're losing their lives everywhere in the world.
0: And maybe that's a question you should ask China. Don't ask me. Ask China that question, okay? When you ask them that question, you may get a very unusual
2: answer. Yes, behind you, please.
1: Sir, why are you saying that to me specifically? I'm
2: telling you. I'm not saying it specifically to anybody. I'm saying it to anybody that would ask a nasty question That's like not that. A nasty please question. go ahead. Why
3: is
4: it nasty? Okay, uh,
2: anybody else?
0: Please go ahead in the back, please. I have, I have
3: two questions. No, it's okay. But we'll you go pointed here. to me. I have two questions, Mr. Next, President.
0: next, please. But you did you called on me. All right, all right. We get the idea. It was shameful. It really was. I was so embarrassed, but everybody involved. Everybody involved. First of all, I think the current White House press corps has behaved in a way that is so incredibly partisan, so biased, so prejudiced against this president, that anything he does or says is seized on and construed in the most evil way possible. So here the president brings up the point he has been trying to make over the last couple of months, but certainly in the last, uh, the last several weeks, that China bears some profound responsibility for this horrible pandemic. Horrible. So he asks the question. He rhetorically he retorts to a, a question about the pain and suffering from the epidemic. He says, "Ask China." So it happens to be that he's asked, he says that to the reporter, I think from CBS who happens to be Asian American, she immediately takes it in the worst possible way, as if he were attacking her ethnicity. She pounced, knowing that the vast majority of the mainstream anti-Trump media would construe everything in the worst possible way for the president. I think that these press briefings should cease immediately or they should be restructured the president comes out says the news thank you ladies and gentlemen and then goes back into the White House to do the business of the nation instead he stands out there and he does these exchanges with hostile reporters who only want to cut him down I mean I'm sorry I think and stop making that face
1: well, he stands up there without a mask on, first of all. Why is he not wearing a mask? He should be wearing a mask.
0: Oh, he's, he's well-distanced from the people, and I think that the, he gets tested every single day. And, and get, don't you think that the bigger issue is the disrespect they show this president?
1: Well, I think that he shows his unprofessionalism, especially towards female reporters.
0: I don't think, I, when you saw him go after, uh, what's his name, Uh, Peter, uh, the guy from NBC, I forget his name, Alexander, Peter Alexander. He was he was just as combat. The president, I admit, is thin skinned and tempestuous. And I've said that before, and I've said that to him. I said, be kinder, be gentler, be more like Ronald Reagan, shining city on the hill. He says, yes, yes, yes. And then someone provokes him and he gets pissed off. And this is what happens. And I think it's it's bad for the nation. We're suffering through this pandemic, people dying. Now you got this thing with kids coming up. Uh, we have uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, a, a guest from Rainbow Children's Hospital to talk about this new children's aspect to the corona. We have big fish to fry here, and yet the press is so petty and so hostile. I, I'm sorry, I don't think that what they're doing is, is designed to elicit information I think it's a it's all for gotcha
1: well, I disagree, Geraldo. I love you, but I see it differently. I think the press is there to ask questions for the American people, and I just think that President Trump's reactions are
0: are always so strange. Well, I think that uh, rob, what do you think
5: <laughs> well. <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, you, you you keep on going back to the fact that he is uh, he is thin skinned and he is tempestuous. I think those are, are two things right now that he needs to correct, ASAP, to get this country back in order. Because yes, you know we, we want to blame the press corps. You know they have been very combative, but you know it takes two to tango on that one. And there's a lot he could do from his end to kind of quell that that media core. I mean, it, it you know.
0: It, what, it's what is, what, okay, okay. What no. is John in North Royalton? John in North Royalton, what do you say?
2: Steps up there and puts out continually misinformation in these briefings. He said in March 6th that anybody who wants a test could get a test. That wasn't true then. It's not true today. He repeated it again yesterday.
1: He is a quiet
0: in the peanut gallery.
1: That's right. This is my favorite caller of all time. Well, Harold, I I know you said he's been your friend
2: for 40 or 50 years. You love the guy, but love is blind. And when it comes to Donald Trump, you have a blind spot as large as the sun.
0: I am not. Maybe you're all right. I I don't know. I don't know. Okay, John, thanks. Richard in Cleveland. What does Richard think?
2: Good morning, Harold. Thanks for taking my call. Okay, buddy,
0: what's up?
2: You you know, these... uh, Chinese communist sympathizers really got me, man. These people need to be reminded that China helped North Korea and North Vietnam kill American soldiers. I ain't giving this communist regime the benefit of that on nothing. It is absolutely disgraceful how the press has treated this president, calling him Adolf Hitler, calling his beautiful wife and daughters sluts and whores, when he defends himself. He's being...
0: I, I'm, uh, I'm with you. I, I think that there is a minimum level of deference that is due the President of the United States, the most powerful man on the planet, with awesome responsibility on his shoulders. Can anyone listening to the sound of my voice, including my wife, can anyone deny the fact that it is impossible to conceive of the press respect? Of uh, uh, behaving in this disrespectful manner, if the president on the podium was Obama, it would never happen. It would never. You would never hear this kind of. what are, are you asking me that question? Because I'm uh, Asian, or or uh, you know, uh, uh, Mr. President said not. Why aren't you uh, doing it? it? I think that there is a what used to be a professional kind of unspoken agreement that everybody you you, why there's a reason you call him Mr. President it's Mr. President because it's like in a secular way it's like he's the Pope you know he's a it's a it's a majestic position that I, I believe that you're right the president should not lower himself to slug it out in that way and I think that he brings on a lot of his own misery, but there is a disrespect that I think prevents the White House, and the press corps, and the government, the legislative branch, from all pulling in the same direction to get this thing fixed. Instead, it's na 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 Why'd you say this and then uh, you said that and your shoelaces untied and you you left your mask inside and. Uh,
1: Ne- president Obama would never speak the way you just did. He just would never speak that way. He's a uh, an, an, he he's just a voice of reason.
0: Well, I think that I I, I go back to that. I I think that Rob and Erica are right in the in the sense that the president brings out a lot of his own misery. But there is the level of disrespect is the font of all evil. I think we, because it starts there. It starts right there where they're going out there, they're sitting there, and they're, you know, it's almost like they a, a, I'm sure there's a coach that says, okay, guys, go out there and nail them. Go out there. You can you can make them look bad. You can embarrass the hell out of them. You, you can make your, you know, no one knows who you are today, but after you bang the president or you get the president in one of these, uh, Viral exchanges, you're made. You're, you're, you've are you're got a job now for the foreseeable future. You'll be known as the Trump killer, the Trump embarrasser. Mike in North Olmstead, what do you think? Hey, man.
2: Get their facts together because you can go up to the clinic now and get a test. Just walking in there, they automatically give you that heat test right off the bat to see if you have a, uh, temperatures to a certain extent. So um, Trump never said what type of test right off the bat. So know what you're talking about first, Erica and John. And number two, Obama used to go off on people, too. Unfortunately, he didn't get attacked every day. He gets attacked every day, Trump.
0: Every day. Every day, all day long. Every day, all day. Keith in uh, Northfield, what do you think? Keith. Go ahead, Keith. What?
2: Correct with that. I would like these individuals to give him some credit, just some form of credit, when he gets up at the podium. The amount of disrespect that I see from reporters
6: is engaging
2: on a daily basis. I don't think any other president, we've talked about this
6: multiple times,
2: has ever had to deal with a press like that. No different than, than do a poll this morning about how people feel about the press against the president. They can't even honor his position. Good we,
0: idea. I, Good idea. The rest of this show, we're going to, well, we've got some experts, very important experts coming up. Uh, but I want to I want to ask you all about that poll. Who who do you believe? Who do you respect more, the press or the president? Uh, take a break. Geraldo in Cleveland. What? What?
1: How could you say that? You are the press. What are you doing?
0: The press You're
1: attacking the press. You are the press.
0: Let me ta- I'll take one more call on this hot topic of the day. Uh, Bill and Euclid, what are you thinking about? Yeah, man. Hello. Hi, Bill. You're on. What's up? What are you thinking about? I think
2: I think Rob and your wife are, are right. The press is, are the are the watchdog of the people. They have a right to ask any question. But when when President Trump calls them a uh, uh, the disgrace, uh, you should be fired. You shouldn't be in the 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 journalist business. You know uh, that kind of thing is 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 kind of getting down into the gutter. Uh, you know he 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 does he goes way above board than he should.
0: All right. Let me let me ask you this bill. Who would you vote for? Can I can I ask?
2: Well, uh, I'd like Bernie Sanders <laughs> to tell you the truth.
0: So who'd you vote for last time?
2: Bernie Sanders.
0: You did? OK. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Bill. So see, it's politics. But uh, anyway, on another topic, callers, uh, thank you. I, I got so many great guests coming up. T- t- malls are opening today, but uh, if you have a, an animal in distress... We've got uh, just the guest for you. Who is it?
1: Yep, my good friend, Fed, as I like to call him since the 80s, Dr. Andrew Federer from Eastside Mobile Vet. And he is a godsend during this time because you don't have to drive out to the veterinarian. He will come to you.
0: Okay, Dr. Federer, tell me, uh, what do you have, a dogs-r-us truck? What's uh, How do you do this?
2: <laughs> good morning, guys. I hope everything is well. Um... You know, I. I you heard our dog pretty, just
0: barking in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hour. exactly. Yappy dog. Uh, but go ahead, Doctor Peter. I,
2: I I do I do things pretty simply. Um, I don't actually have a truck. I uh, I uh, originally started this because I wanted it to kind of be a throwback um, to kind of the old style of, of of medicine where the doctor would come into the home, and that's you know that's what I would do. That so was my childhood. Things, yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, so a majority of the things I do in the home and you'd be surprised about, uh, you know, how many things you can do in the home with pets, especially when they're less stressed from having to go to a brick and mortar practice.
0: Um, but at this point, you know,
2: so with, with, you know, at this point in, in, you know, the current climate we're in, um, it's, you know, I do a lot of things actually outside in the backyards with the patients, uh, obviously keeping distance from the owners and stuff like that, or, or wherever the owners are most comfortable with. Uh, I'm still coming to them, but, um, you know, we're still able to keep a safe distance and and um, try to practice what we're all trying to preach right now.
0: Dr. Andrew Federer is our, our guest. He uh, runs the Eastside Mobile Vet Practice.
1: Could your pet get COVID from going to a waiting room at the veterinarian's office
0: what about pets and covid
2: so pets and covid um there's been a couple anecdotal cases
0: um
2: in dogs that you know one actually tested positive i think in new york and in the test and a tiger
0: in the bronx zoo Uh,
2: correct the tiger in the bronx zoo um but but it's rare It's rare, but more importantly, actually, we've been finding more domestic cats testing positive. And domestic cats, interestingly enough, have very similar um, receptors on their lungs that humans do. And so in the cases of COVID-19, we actually have found positive cats, and they actually show clinical signs. They get respiratory infections similar to some of the clinical signs associated in humans. I think I, um, I, I don't think,
0: mean to interrupt you, Doc, but our our time is a little bit limited here. I think the bigger sure. news, because that's relatively rare. I like Correct. the fact that you can treat a dog or a cat in the backyard. Uh, you know, if the if that's what the uh, the owner uh, suggests or that's what the owner's most comfortable with, I think that's the sure. real story. You can go there. The pet's not stressed. I like that. The pet's not stressed that what they would be if you take them to the vet office in the mall or wherever. So the animal's in a familiar location, and you can check them out. So how do you do What do you hold a dog? How do you, how do you tell a dog, you know, uh, let me listen to your heartbeat?
2: You know, it's, a, it's funny. is When I come, I look like every, every other person that's visiting the house. I don't do what's called white coat syndrome, where they know exactly that it's a doctor coming in. So I look like everybody else, and they're very open to coming up to me, and then we just kind of go through our exam, and they kind of catch on after a little while as I'm listening to their heartbeat with a stethoscope and things like that. But at that point, uh, they can see I'm not really, you know, a threat to them or anything, so they let me do what I need to do, whether that's vaccines or drawing blood or or what have you. So it's, um, it's actually a really nice a nice thing for the animal and decrease
0: kind so of the, uh, east
2: the stress si- of their life
0: so you look up the east side mobile vet practice is that how you find you
2: correct you can find me uh that's that's the website dot uh, com and then also you can give me a call uh at 203-964-7672 203
0: 203 is not that connecticut
2: it was, yes, it is Connecticut. I started this practice in Connecticut in New York initially.
0: All right. Well, welcome to Cleveland, Dr. Federer. And uh, you've you, known thank Erica you. forever. Shaker
2: Heights Middle School together. Go Raiders. Ah. Heck yeah. Shaker Heights. Go Raiders.
0: All right. Thanks. Thanks, Doc. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the
1: bride and groom?
5: Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo when we lost track
0: of time. <gasps> So what else is new with China? What else is new? Tell me. I'm not happy with China. They should have stopped this at the source. They could have stopped it right at the source. When uh, I said the president is right to demand an inquiry of what China knew and when they knew it, Australia has uh, started pushing for a global inquiry. Europe has joined the effort and both of them have become a major target major targets of chinese anger that's the big front page story from the new york times it's going to be about china that's what i believe oh we haven't had a, a lady call a woman caller yet let's go to nancy in uh, white clip hi nancy
3: um i want the president to wear a mask whenever he can And because I think it's important because he is our leader and there are many people who are saying making up all these excuses to not wear a mask. And so I think it's important. I know Governor DeWine, people were complaining about him not wearing a mask. So what happens is when he comes out for his... um, uh, updates and stuff. He's wearing a mask, but he takes it off immediately and starts talking. I don't think the the president has to do that, but just let us see him wearing it. And also, he should tell people to wear a mask, um, aside from if they have health issues where they can't. And I think that would do a lot of good because people are getting angry about the mask thing, and they really shouldn't. It's to protect everybody. And so, and also, I think very importantly that people need to be instructed how to wear the mask, when to change it, to carry an extra if you sneeze in it, you don't want to continue to wear it, about the health issues of wearing a
0: mask. And I don't hear them talking about that. I, I think it's a good idea. I will recommend it. You do, too.
1: That's a great idea. Yes.
0: The president can come out, and I like the idea. You have to come out with the mask on, just pull it down the way the wine does. I think the, there's a good reason that the wine is at 82 uh, percent approval. That's
3: what you see yes, there's people complained TV. about that. You know, his. Uh, I think his. the people who don't like him complain. So he went along with that and did it and showed them, okay. Now you can stop talking about that.
0: Okay, Nancy, good point, and I appreciate the call. Scott in North Royalton, what are you thinking about?
2: Yeah, I wanted to make a comment on Go ahead, what your wife said. Go ahead. I heard her say earlier that Obama would never have treated the media the way that Trump does. But I'd right. like to ask her, first of all, how on earth can, would you know that? And and what would have happened if Obama? Well, you know that because you
0: she grew, you know, she was an adult. uh, No, no,
2: no, no, no. But my point is, if Obama was, if they were calling for his impeachment on day two, if they took two years investigating him, calling him a Russian spy, if they tried to impeach him six times, and on the seventh time, they used a, a phony whistleblower and then changed the rules to impeach him. There ain't no way that anybody can tell me Obama would be okay with that.
0: I, no I think you're absolutely right. He has been treated Donald Trump in the in a way no president in modern history has been treated. I mean, what
2: did he do on his second day in office? It, it was even before is, the second be
0: day. A... I mean, they ambushed Flynn on the fourth day, but they went after uh, Trump before he was even elected. And then once he got elected, I think that's when the uh, the malignant machine started. Uh, uh, started rolling. Uh, let me take one more quick one. Uh, we've got a big guest coming up. Uh, let's go, Al in Chesterland. Al, thanks for one two one six five seven eight eleven hundred. What's up?
2: Good morning, Geraldo Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate okay, buddy. It. I just want to go back a little bit on the comments about uh, the availability of testing. The information was provided by that Dr. Uh, Giroux, who's a part of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. In fact, uh, wisely, uh, President Trump put him back up on the podium and he re-explained it. If you needed a test. There were plenty available throughout March and beyond, even today. He, and it was asked two or three times that same issue about, all oh, tests are not available. Some are saying that it's not available. He clarified that they are available but not everyone needs them. So they're not – they have to go to their doctor and ask for the doctor to get them or they have to go to the qualified centers to get the, get the testing. But it was not Trump necessarily
6: that, who said that. It was
2: so uh,
0: is anyone on the line right now, has anyone been tested? Have, have you been tested? No. I don't intend to, unless I get a fever, I don't intend to be tested or, or get shortness of breath. I don't think that it's appropriate to take up the limited resource right now. I, I would much rather. I think it's very important for the president to be tested every day, at least every day, uh, and, and everyone around him. And this whole thing with uh, Pence and his press secretary is very scary. That's way too close the center of American power. Uh, John in uh, Cleveland, what do you think about, it, John?
2: You know, I heard earlier they're talking about that the reporters are the voice of America, and they're not. They're not asking the questions America want to hear. They want to hear, where did this come from? Why, how do we stop this from ever happening again? And I think the press is a two, are, are... two
0: good questions, two good points. I got I to gotta go now. We have a very important guest. You've been hearing about this awful uh, a, a disease that may uh, impact children.
1: Right, just when you thought that the coronavirus couldn't get any worse, now we have to worry about children being affected terribly by COVID 19. And Dr. Amy Edwards, who is a pediatric infectious disease specialist at UH,
0: is with us to tell us about kids. And- okay, uh, Dr. Edwards, first of all, have you seen any kids with, uh, with COVID 19 in Cleveland?
1: Yes, we
5: have. Um, we've seen most. most oh, welcome kids- to the
0: show. Sorry, I don't oh. need to be rude. I'm so sorry. <laughs> welcome okay. back.
5: Thanks for having me. Um, Yes, we have. I mean, from the beginning of this outbreak, we've had kids with COVID-19. Most of them have been outpatient um, and have done just fine.
0: And so how how do kids get it the same way adults get it? But how does it manifest, generally speaking, in children?
5: So For the most part, um, when we're talking about the the viral part of the illness, um, it manifests pretty much the same as it would in anybody, a cold or cough. Um, most of the kids are not having, you know, severe trouble breathing or, or anything like that. Um, they, some do, uh, luckily up here in Northeast Ohio, we haven't had a lot, a lot of kids with a lot of trouble breathing. So we haven't had kids that have needed to be admitted to the ICU or anything like that, but certainly in other states with larger outbreaks, think of like New York, New Jersey, um, they have seen a fair number of kids, um, admitted, but, but we've been pretty lucky up until God
0: recently. bless. God bless. I'm so, I'm so uh, relieved, but I, I, I worry about, you know, is is this going to be bigger, you know, cause the, you know, Corona started small too and then became a, became a pandemic. Right. So you're uh, talking is this, about this the beginning this of inflammation-
5: a kid? You're talking about this inflammatory syndrome. Yeah. So we have seen our first case of that here in Northeast Ohio admitted here to Rainbow. I can confirm that. Um and at this point it's too early to tell. Um that you know we only kind of became aware of it about a month ago. Um, There was some reports coming out of Italy and out of New York and out of Spain from some kitten and out of the UK, these kids that looked kind of like Kawasaki disease, but weren't quite Kawasaki disease, some sort of inflammatory process. We didn't know what it was. And lo and behold, they're all testing positive for COVID antibodies. To be clear, most of them don't appear to have acute COVID. It seems to be some sort of post-infectious inflammatory problem. And it does appear to be following behind the virus. So, um, you know, You you start to have the virus outbreak, and then, you know, somewhere in like a month or two months later, kids start to present with this inflammatory process. And at the current moment, we don't know how common it's going to end up being. It still appears to be fairly uncommon, um, but it's still early days. And so we're we're kind of – it's a wait-and-see game at
0: this point. So they have uh, their stomach aches, diarrhea, uh, rashes –
5: it's a variety of symptoms. The main symptom is fever, um, high fever, over 101, um, and then, yeah, a variety of other symptoms, abdominal pain, diarrhea, rash. Sometimes their hands or feet swell. Sometimes their eyes turn pink, like almost as if they've got pink eye. Um, and, yeah, they're, they these, these symptoms last three, four, five days, um, and they come into the hospital, and a lot of them, around the world are coming in very very sick um you know with low blood pressures and needing a lot of help uh in the icu um you know to keep them to keep them going
4: um
5: and so it is concerning we do not yet know what the spectrum is are there mild kids out there that that aren't as ill that we don't know about we don't know (laughs) um and so at this point um you know what i can tell you is is here at Rainbow, after we had our first case, we convened a working group of, you know, cardiology, infectious disease with myself, uh, rheumatology, immunology, nephrology, any ology you can think of, um, and we've been working basically around the clock to come up with both both a diagnostic algorithm and a treatment algorithm so that we can manage these patients to the best of our ability um, and make sure that they're getting, you know, top-notch care.
0: Right. Dr. Amy Edwards is our guest, the Associate Medical Director for Infection Control at UH, UH, uh Rainbow Babies and Children's Hospital, world-renowned. So uh, just the final question, Dr. Edwards, what do you think about the malls opening today?
5: Um. You know, at this point, I'm just kind of resigned to whatever is going to happen. I've been a little bit discouraged to watch our numbers kind of start to creep back up. And now with this inflammatory syndrome in children. So the main thing I can do is just focus on on my job here at Rainbow to, to help kids to the best of my abilities. What I can ask people is, you know things are opening yes and we have needs and i understand that and and the economy is is super important and and the, in fact the economy is important for our health i mean right. i understand that as a you know as a pediatric doctor you know kids who come from better economic situations, have better health. And so I I want the economy to function and I want people to have money. I just, you know, I worry about what the next four to six weeks might hold for us if people relax their vigilance a little bit too much. Um, And so I ask people to, you know, continue to exercise caution, continue to wash your hands frequently, keep your hands away from your face when you're out in public. Um, If you're sick, stay home um, and wear your mask and just do the best you can.
0: Dr. Amy Edwards, gr- good advice, and I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much.
5: Uh uh-huh, You
1: have a great day.
0: You too. So tell us about Dr. Roizen.
1: Well, he teaches the role of food and lifestyle, changes how they can reverse disease. He's the chief wellness officer at the Cleveland Clinic and author of many fantastic New York Times bestselling books.
0: And how does that, Dr. Royzen, welcome, help us in the current situation? How um, does wellness
6: well the we want to be basic, well but... yeah well the, the disease is highly concentrated in the elderly and those with chronic illness and so getting rid of that chronic illness is what wellness is all about or preventing it in the first place riding your bike for example is an example of you helping to stay healthy um and i'm sure Erica is trying to keep you uh...
0: <laughs> she is <laughs> She's protected me. She's really been a fierce, uh, fierce protector. So the idea of wellness, then, is that you try to fix whatever it is that ails you so that when some real nemesis comes along, you can fight it off. Is that is that the idea?
6: That's exactly right. So basically, if you keep yourself healthy, you can avoid almost all of the um, adverse effects of the immune challenges, including cancer. So the the point is that we we know that if you get to what we call six plus two normals, normal blood pressure, uh, body mass index that isn't obese, um, normal fasting, blood sugar, normal LDL cholesterol, manage stress and no cotinine, no tobacco end products in your urine, plus your immunization's up to date and see a primary care practitioner once a year, that you have a eighty to ninety percent reduction in the incidence and presence of chronic disease in yourself. Um, And large studies, nurses' health study, health professional study, and some Medicare database studies from uh, civil employees, the gas company, the electric company, and the water company in Chicago studied since 1946. So you can prevent it, um, if you will, 70% of Americans have the genes that predispose us to type 2 diabetes. But, in fact, in 1974, we had the same genes, and only about 1% of us had it. Now it's about 10%. But our lifestyle, uh, both the food we eat, the choices of food, the stress we have, and our um, inactivity, physical inactivity, brings it out.
0: All right, so let me me stop you there, because I want to be very, very pragmatic and practical here. It sounds to me that the easiest of the chronic conditions to confront is obesity a lot of that has to do with being static and not moving people my age we there's a there's a natural desire to want to just ah, do i really want to get up do i really want to go on the bike do i really want to work out today uh you know uh i'm i'm retired or i i want to be at the, at the placid uh, time of life what does uh, dr Royzen say to that
6: Um, That's right. We have, it isn't the easiest. The easiest probably is heart disease, and one of the easiest is cancer. Um, Getting from obese to um, overweight is tough. It's just like quitting smoking. It's a tough problem, but it can be done. Easier, in fact, to not get there in the first place. Right. But, in fact, just starting to change. Your body and your genes sense that you're starting to change. And just starting to change without actually seeing the results changes which of your genes are on or not, and changes your risk for chronic disease and of getting this virus and it harming you.
0: So, when you, if to the people listening right now, give uh, you gave the the big menu. Give me the bullet point. Give me two the things people is, can do. The bullet
6: point is get a pedometer or use your. Um, phone uh, pedometer that's built into almost every cell phone start walking and gradually increase the steps to 10,000 a day um, it is cut out red meat as much as possible specially processed red meat um, and go with uh, if you will healthy fats which is olive oil and uh, canola oil and avocado oil or um, have you seen avocado. people
0: remake themselves have you seen that it's real oh yeah
4: we at
6: least, you know, the 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 great thing from the Wellness Institute at the Cleveland Clinic is at least 60% of those who have pre-diabetes get rid of it, and a whole bunch with diabetes go from diabetic to much less serious problems or to uh, pre-diabetic or to non-diabetic.
0: Dr. Roizen, Michael Roizen, Chief Wellness Officer at the Cleveland Clinic five times... New York Times best-selling author. Thank you, Dr. Reisen. Thank you. Thank you, Mrs. Rivera.
1: Thank you, Mr. Rivera.
0: And Rob, thank you. And all the callers, great feisty callers today. Uh, write, write down the number. Uh, well, obviously, you know it because you called. But 216-578-1100 tomorrow. We'll try to do uh, many, more, uh, many more calls, get, keep this dialogue going. I think it's very important. We're trying to... You know, we point out the, uh, you know, the the various partisan positions, but the idea is to pull together, get us through the pull together, get us through the crisis, then we can fight in November over who to vote for and how to vote for uh, the candidates of our choice. This week, in many parts of the country, there is a reluctant reopening happening. When the reopen debate began the democrats and the media scolded the activists labeling many of them racists and anti-semites and while some of that was true for a small fraction of the protesters the scorn that was heaped from the left was really not very thoughtful really directed at the part of the country that voted for donald trump fox news viewers and so forth until the movement swept even the blue areas of the nation, like California. Now the media is befuddled, the anti-Trump media. How do we continue to criticize the president now? Isn't it time to pull together? Isn't it time in this reopening? We have to reopen. Without an economy, everybody's going to be sick. We've got to get things going in a thoughtful, prudent manner. Let's pull together. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. Paul Rochelle. I'm Geraldo Rivera reporting Roadkill with Geraldo Rivera.
4: With Lucky
3: Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.